Welcome to That's Orgasmic, a podcast discussing the orgasmic and not-so-orgasmic moments of all things sex, relationships, and mental health. I am your host, Emily Duncan, and I'm a sexologist who provides online sex coaching sessions to help you cultivate sexual wellness. Today, I'm joined with Janae, who is a certified relationship and life coach and host of her podcast, My Naked Mindset, which is a sex taboo and dating podcast podcast she originally created this podcast after going on 20 first dates in 2019 on her podcast she creates a safe space for guests to come on and share their experiences and expertise she's all about destigmatizing topics people normally don't speak about which is exactly what I love to do so welcome to that orgasmic Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So am I. I'm super excited to talk about dating, hoe phases, all of that good stuff today because I've had plenty of it myself. I would first just love to start though, like what got you into like relationship and life coaching? Ooh, yeah. So I would say, you know, after going on all those dates, being in the dating world for a while before I met my fiance, I was always super intrigued by it. Um, I would always talk to my friends and just people that I've met over the years about my dating. They were always like, oh, Jenna, you got to like do something with all this information. So I, I actually wrote little notes about every single one of my dates in my phone, like something weird that happened or like how the date went. So I had like all this information. So then I was finally like, I think I want to start a podcast. And then of course, when I started the podcast, I was like, I want to be like, a relationship and life coach. Um, and then obviously sex is something that I absolutely love talking about as well. So it's just been such a fun journey. Yeah, that's so cool. Especially that it started from like going on 20 dates to then let's have a, I'm guessing a career change. I imagine you were doing something different beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny how that like that comes about what even like made you go all right 21st dates let's do it like did you have 20 in mind were you just like I'm gonna go on as many first dates as I can this year yeah good question so I honestly like it kind of just happened I definitely was looking for my person like I was in a good place in my life after you know going through my hoe phase and going on some wild dates I was like I'm ready to find my person so you know, I found my person in 2020, but yeah, 2019 was just, and looking back on it, it was the year before the pandemic. So it was all ironically kind of convenient that I kind of just like went on all these dates and then (laughs) found my partner in 2020. Absolutely. The universe was like, Janae, you need this. The world's about to be a shit show. If we lock you up, you're going to be single for the next three years. You're going to hate your life. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. So you mentioned there that you had a hoe phase before this, before the, you know, going on all these dates and everything else. Mm. I really want to talk about this because I fucking love a hoe phase. I think that can be very fun and liberating, but also a lot of other shit can come up as well. So are you able to delve into... I guess your experience with them, was it just one? Has it been many? Is it a lifestyle? (laughs) Ooh, I definitely think I had two smaller hoe phases, if you will. Um, I'm thinking it was, yeah, it was kind of like 
I would say two separate periods of my life. I actually lived in Idaho, which is like across the, you know, the United States from where I am. Um, I went to college there, so I kind of had like a little bit of one there. And then I had another one here in New England. And it was just, I learned so much through it. It was quite an experience. Yeah. Yeah. I would to delve into some of the things that you learned. Yeah. So I would say one of the things that I think is so important and really like when you are going through this phase is really just being communicative to your partners um, and just kind of saying like, hey, like I'm having a, you know, an exploratory phase, I call it. And just really giving yourself permission to have pleasure and have your fun time. Because I think when you share that, then there's no crazy expectations or, oh, well, you didn't tell me that this was going on. Like, just really being able to share that with whomever you're you're dealing with. So I think that that's a huge factor. And I think just too, like, giving yourself permission to explore and try new people and try new things is just, it's, it's really, really fun. It can be very liberating. And when you explore with different people, they all bring something new mm-hmm. or a, like, you know, a slightly different experience. Even if you had the exact same type of sex right. as the person before, it can be a completely different experience depending on, you know, just the energy they bring. So many different factors. And like, I'm even thinking about mine. Like, I'd probably say that I had two as well. I reckon it'd be like a solid two, <laughs> like, like ho phases um but then also I've just had a very like ho lifestyle sprinkled sprinkled throughout it's been honestly more of like a lifestyle and I know when I I remember my first one night stand from a nightclub when I was 18 at like spark something I was like oh my god what is this it was like crack I was like I want to do this again and then I remember like I would love go- it almost became like going out like just trying to find you know find somebody because it was just so new and exciting and I hadn't had that before because before that all I'd really had was like a three-year relationship mm. so it was just such a different kind of of sex um but I think the pro not the problem but like an issue that came up because I didn't go into it being like I'm going to have an exploratory period or I'm gonna have a hoe phase I, especially the like young age, like 18, right. like it was a baby, um, was very much just trying to also attach onto everyone. Mm. And I found myself like afterwards, like having this hope, like, oh, is this going to turn into something? Is this going to turn into something? Even though it was clearly a one night stand because we would get like each other's Snapchats or things and then potentially sleep with each other again. Right. However, it wasn't like, um, yeah, it wasn't actually like proper dating or anything. And then I found I had that issue, like it, went into the next hoe phase because then I moved to another town um went to uni and obviously when you go to uni and go to another town like like you said hoe phase it just oh, happens I remember so my boyfriend and I broke up the night before our o week so I don't know if you've heard of o week if it's the same term in Australia or America. so o week it's called like our orientation oh, okay. week and basically it's a week where everybody just 
drinks yeah. so like you get we we because like we lived on campus so we had our like res o week and then we had our whole uni o weeks so we just had two oh. weeks of drinking and like all these parties and things so you get to know everybody and I remember me and my boyfriend broke up the night of the like the first night of o week and I was like yes here we go I was like the whole phase is on I barely said I slept with three people in that week because I was just like let's go like I'm so excited I'm ready for this that's so good yeah I think that it just there's just something about it that is it can be super fun I think just if you know what you want like this is what I want in my life right now I don't think that there's anything wrong with as long as there's consent you're being safe like the other person knows I think it can be a blast yeah absolutely and honestly like when I look back I'm like it was some of the most fun that I've had I learned so much Mm. I also learned what I don't want I also learned like how not communicating or um going because sometimes like I'm somebody who will uh I will used to like, and I feel like a lot of women do this, especially don't speak up about their needs or desires Mm. or wants. So then you kind of have a lot of like average or shitty experiences. So I've kind of learned to find my voice in that too. Like, Mm. especially when you've got, you know, a lot, say multiple partners at a time or you're, you know, having new ones coming in. If that's all it is, then I feel like it kind of takes away some of that pressure on, what you're saying, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Was there any other things like you've learned, um, I guess, throughout those like like those phases? Mm. Yeah, I think just kind of getting it out of your system too. Like I kind of always knew like, okay, you know, I had had some longer relationships and then kind of when they ended, I was like, okay, well, this is my time. Because I think I always think of the people that either marry their high school sweetheart or they've only had sex with one person and then they're locked in, they're married. Like, I always think about that and I'm like, I don't, and I, kudos to anyone that does this, but I didn't really want to be that person. I might, I might get hated for saying this, but like, I truly was like, I want to get out of my system, have fun because who knows when you're going to find your person and not really be able to experience other people. Um, so I think just that alone, like having, having my fun and also just being able to explore different things and different positions and different kinks, like, you know, it's, it's really cool to be able to, because one thing I think, you know, someone might really like something that you try and then the next person could hate it. And then same with you, like you really might like something with one person and then you try it with someone else and you're like, oh, I don't like this. And so I think it's a really fun time to be able to try new things and experiment a little bit. And I think that that can just be really a good learning phase and just being like, oh, like I never thought about that. And someone can introduce you to something that you're like, ooh, I never would have experienced this if this person didn't show me or tell me. And that's similarly to a lot of things in life. But I think it's just like a really cool way to you know, learn more about yourself as well. Like, oh, wow. Like I never, I never did it that way before. And, and just being able to push those, those boundaries a little bit maybe, and just kind of like Mm. have your fun. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, this question's only if you're like comfortable answering it, but was there any like one thing that you learnt like sexually that you're like, oh my God, like something you hadn't experienced before, um, like position, thing, act, mm. um, that was like, yeah, something new that you hadn't tried that you're like, I love this. Ooh, that's a really good question. Hmm. I think maybe something that I've I learned through that would be that I really was like, oh wow, I didn't think I would like this is like some spanking and stuff like that. Like I mm-hmm. I think that's kind of when I realized, oh, pain can actually be really intriguing in the bedroom. So I think that I was kind of like I was really intrigued about that and I really kind of ran with that. I was like, okay, well now I clearly am into this. I want to try it out more. Um, So I think that that kind of surprised me because I didn't really experience that too much with like my previous partner. So that was something I really was like, ooh, I like it. Mm, I love that. Yeah, and spanking can be so much fun, especially like a lot of people with like pain and pleasure. I feel Mm. like it is definitely something that there's a fine line, but if you can do it right, it can be so much fun and take you just to another to another world for sure (laughs) um was there anything else about I guess your whole phases that you think is important to touch on um I would say you know obviously there's the STI situation so that's something that you know be safe talk to your partners I think just being really communicative overly communicative um I actually had a horrible situation once where the guy just like took the condom off and didn't tell me and then I like I had the I'm like like that's not okay so like don't be that person just be you know if you're sleeping with multiple people like just be open about it like I think just being fair and letting them know like hey you know I have another partner um but also just give yourself permission to have fun and receive pleasure because I think sometimes women think that like, oh, well, it's it's not about pleasure for us because it's so focused on, you know, the other person. So allowing yourself to enjoy the experience. Yeah, definitely. I have had, I think it's called stealthing where they like take the condom off mm. without your consent. And I remember the first time that I think it's only happened once. But, like, once intentionally, I know I've had condoms, like, fall off or slip off right. and things. Um, but I remember when it happened, I was like, oh, my God, like, did you take that off? And they're like, yeah, because they, like, couldn't stay hard enough or something. And I'm like, As, why was this not a conversation? Yeah. Like, why are you just assuming you can do that? And I found that um, a lot of penis owners assumed that I was on birth control, which – at that time I was, but I was like, don't make right, that assumption. Right. And they would just assume that, you know, I would want to have unprotected um, sex. I hardly had anybody actually come, you know, present the conversation of let's use a condom or I've never, ever had somebody come to me and talk about STIs. Right. Um, that's horrible. There's only been a few where they just grab a condom and put it on show because that's just what mm. they're doing. But I would say the majority, 90%. If they, if I didn't bring it up, they would be more than happy to just not use a condom. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same in America, but in Australia, condoms, people hate them. <laughs> I, I definitely, 
I agree, but I would just be like, I don't really care. Like, if you want to do this, like, you are wearing one because, you know, there's different situations that's happening and I want to be safe. I want you to be safe. And if I was sleeping with someone else, like, I don't want, you know. Um, I also want to touch on, I guess, like, the shame and stuff that might come with being in a hoe phase, mm. especially as a woman. I know myself there's been things that come up or people will like slut shame you or um, even just like maybe not even going into a hoe face for the right reason, like like using it for validation and then having the shame and that come up with that because it's just like it's never actually going to really fulfill you. Um, but I'm glad that, yeah, you brought up that we shouldn't feel shame about mm. this and we should step into our sexuality and, you know, be able to explore ourselves and it's okay especially as a woman if you have more sexual partners like have had more previous sexual partners than your current partner Mm. um I think a lot of women feel shame around that or scared around with their numbers especially if they you know get into numbers that they see as like higher um and it shouldn't even be about numbers I think it's stupid anyway um yeah, like even like I understand when people have lists, like I've had them, especially for like sexual health purposes, like if I get right. tested and if anything like comes back positive, especially when sometimes I will not like I know there's people that I forget. Like if I was trying to recall them all now, I'd be like, I can't, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I just find there's a lot. I've seen a lot of women have a lot of shame around mm. that. Like they don't want to go over a certain number or they, you know, it's they're going to not seem as as pure and innocent yeah it's funny because I was thinking about my number earlier like and I was like why was I so because I was very focused on it like you know when I was going through these phases but now I'm looking back and I'm like it is not even a big deal like I think you know I wouldn't talk about it with my partners like that's not something that I did I don't think it's necessary I don't want to know how many people my fiance was with like I just I think it's I think it's asking for a bad conversation to happen or jealousy or insecurity so I kind of just avoid it but there is a lot of shame and I think it's like again I kind of go back to you know you never know when you're going to find your partner so I think you know enjoy while you can and like just do do what feels right to you. Like if you want to go through a hoe phase, then go through a hoe phase. Just be open about, you know, what you're doing. And, you know, even like if someone else is going through the same thing, like one of your girlfriends, like talk to them about it, like get their advice. Like I think just being super open about what you're going through and it's, it's, it should be a good thing. It should be um celebrated I think more than it is you know shame and I don't think like humans are made to feel pleasure and get pleasured and I mean think about the clit I mean that beautiful thing has 10,000 nerve endings and the only reason why we have it is for pleasure so it's just a perfect example of you know feeling and exploring and trying out new things with someone I think there should not be shame in that and if you do have shame I always you know say like writing it out in a journal like why you might feel a certain way maybe you went through something traumatic or whatever and really you know going to a sex therapist going to a sex coach uh just kind of doing 
your due diligence, oh my God, due diligence as a human to be able to kind of break that shame down and kind of maybe find out where it's stemming from and just kind of working on it. Mm, And I find that obviously each case is different with each person, but often the shame comes from just society's, you know, what they've taught us, their expectations and how they think we should be. And often once, you know, I just unpack that with a client Mm. and go, okay, well, what what did you learn about sex? What did you learn about that from? What are your friends, you know, what do they tell you about sex? How do you talk about sex with them? What did your family say? What have your past partners said? What do you think about how it's depicted in movies, this and that? Like once you unpack it all, then often that can be enough to just kind of break through that shame and um, I guess look at it in a different mm. light. Now, yeah, I would love to talk about these 21st dates because I feel like there's so much to learn in dating. We have our whole phases, there's so much to learn, but when, when we're being, um, I guess, specifically intentional in dating in this way because it doesn't mean it's necessarily sexual Mm. like it's you know it's meeting people one where did you find 20 people to go on first (laughs) dates with I don't know the population you're in but like I know where I am like trying to find 20 people in a year (laughs) yeah so I was on the dating apps for quite some time and I honestly like I think I was definitely talking to people and I would kind of just be like all right let's meet up because I was like really like I wanted to meet new people and I even still to this day I'm like friendly with some of them you know it didn't really work out romantically but like I'm still like civil with them um I definitely met some weird interesting people that had very weird dates um and yeah I think just the dating apps I just put myself out there and kind of just went for it and it was a really cool experience do you have any tips in I guess uh like trying to to take it to a date off the app I find a lot of people struggle with that like they can use the dating app get the matches start talking to somebody Mm. but actually getting that to transfer to in like to an in real life date Mm. so I always did a rule of thumb like I want to talk to you for like two weeks maximum And then I want to meet you because I find that a lot of people I found, they were like wanting to be a pen pal and we were just talking on the app for so long. And I'm like, if this, if you're not actually going to meet me in person, there's no point in doing this because I was like, all right, let's go hang out. Like I made like a picnic date at one point and the guy ditched me and then like we were going to go out for dinner again and he ditched me. And I was like, just, just don't be that person. Like don't get someone's hopes up for nothing and then just like not see them because I just think a lot of people do that and yeah I think that my tip would definitely be to just you know you're texting like get find out when they're free like obviously plan some sort of date whether it it could be a coffee date and I know some people are not into coffee dates but a lunch date a breakfast date a brunch date like it could be anything like it doesn't have to be anything crazy and I think just creating a time that you're just like, okay, let's go out. Um, I think it's just like, it's important. And two, like, I just think you should just go for it. Honestly, you should just go for it and don't be afraid of what will come out of it. Because if you don't have any expectations going into a date, you will not be disappointed. And that's what I always tell everyone that goes on dates. 
Yes, definitely. I even found for myself because I like found that it was almost like get this barrier, like trying to find the people who just want to just have a pen pal. Mm -hmm. And like literally one of my lines would be like, I'm not looking for a pen pal. So like, what's your game plan? Um, And like, I'd look to be like, what is it? And they would normally be like, I could then straight away work out whether they were somebody who was on here to date or just to have sex or to literally just talk to people and cure their boredom because mm. um, they would either freak out and be like, I don't have a game plan. Like, what, what should I do? And I'm like, all right, here's three options. We can keep being pen pals. We can, like, never see, you know, just stop talking and leave it here or we can go on a right. date. Um, and I'd just be, like, super forward with that. Um, and that worked a lot of the time. Or I'd just try and, like, slide it in, like, my current boyfriend, I think I said, um, he wanted to see, like, a photo of something. Or I went to like a dress up party and I think he said he wanted to see a photo of it. And I was like, oh, if you get lucky. He's like, how do I get lucky? And I was like, take me on a date. And now I have a boyfriend. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I find like, yeah, I have a lot of people come to me that's like, I just don't know how Mm. to to do it. But you just have to be forward. Like you have to be forward. It's not the like old school romance or all these, you know, especially in heterosexual dating and if you're a woman where men are just like asking you out I want to take you on all these mm. dates like especially if you're younger too like I'm in my early 20s like you have to literally like that put be the one to put yourself out there right right and I think just like not having crazy expectations like if you go into a date thinking they're going to be your husband or wife you're setting that expectation of it's so high that you will be either disappointed or you will be like, like obsessive about it. And I think just like really trying to go into it. Like I am meeting someone new and just kind of have fun, like ask them questions. Hopefully they'll ask questions about you and just think of it. I don't want to say interview, but like think about it just like meeting a new friend. Right. Cause then you can kind of build the friendship, ask them questions, get to know them and really just kind of have fun with it. And then obviously if it goes well, maybe you'll see them again. Doesn't go well, you never have to see that person again. Yeah, yeah. And I know myself that I definitely have been somebody in the past who has gone with an expectation of like, I want a boyfriend yeah. or this and that. And then you attach on to them. Yes. Even if it's not somebody that you want. Like I know I hear all the time people be like, ask yourself the question, do you even like mm. them? Like it's not about do they like you? And I constantly found myself in the do they like me? Do they like me? Yeah. Um and it's a really hard cycle to like to break out of and to I guess yeah go in with no expectations. Yeah. I always found trying to go on a date as soon as possible. I don't know if it's necessarily the best safety reasons when you're going off a dating app but I would like if I can like if we matched and started talking that day if I can get a date within 48 hours like literally going and meeting in person I always found that so much like so much better I don't know some of my best dates were literally like off three messages and then next thing we're on a Mm. date because we knew nothing about each other we had so much more to talk about whereas if you spend two weeks talking by the time you get to the date it's not that so what do you do for work what do you do this it's like we need to uh, you know what I mean like you have to talk about other things um so I always found that some of my best dates have been like yeah when we have literally just 
it's felt the riskiest, but it's also then I guess helped with expectations because I don't I have no idea who this person is. Mm. I've got no idea. It's kind of like a blind date almost. All I know is what they look like in the way that they've presented themselves across the dating yeah, app. That is interesting. I do like that. I like that idea though. Yeah, and it's, it's super fun. Everyone's always like Emily, you're absolutely crazy, but I had so much, I had so much fun yeah. doing that. Um, what was your worst? date out of those like 20 or even if you have a worst date that was before that I'd love to know if you have like a funny story or a worst date so I was talking to this guy and we decided to go to a baseball game and so I meet or I park my car I'm walking towards the stadium and I was like trying to look for him because obviously there's a ton of people there and so I, I'm like, oh, there he is. So I like, I'm walking up to him. I hug him. And then he's like, oh, this is my friend so-and-so. And I'm like, you brought your friend to a first date? And he didn't tell me until I literally saw them. So I was literally oh, on. Were you like third wheeling? I felt like it. It was a guy. It was in, It was another guy that he brought, his friend. But I was like, this is so awkward. I, I was so I was so, I didn't even know what to do. And this was like, I mean, a baseball game is like, we were there probably till like 11 or 12 at night. It was a really long baseball game and it like kept getting longer because they were tied or whatever. I don't even know. Yeah. And he also made me sit in the middle of him and his guy friend. (laughs) That is so strange. It was the weirdest thing ever. And I was like, don't you want to sit next to your friend and, like, I can sit next to you? Because, like, realistically, I didn't want to get to know his friend. Exactly. Exactly. And they would have, I imagine, talked over you. (laughs) And they didn't even talk that much. And that that made it even worse because then I was like, like, obviously, I'm just going to talk to the guy that I'm on a date with. Yeah. And then his friend was kind of just sitting there and... And, like, we were drinking because we were, like, over the age of 21. I think his friend was 20, so he couldn't drink either. So I was just, like, it was so awkward. And still to this day, I I just wonder. And I remember him saying, at the, like, when I got there, he was, like, oh, yeah, I was going to tell you my friend was coming. But then I completely forgot. You could have brought one of your friends. I'm, like, if you would have told me that, yeah. like, I could have brought one of my friends. But the fact that you didn't even say anything and then I literally go up to you meeting you and you like, oh, here's my friend. It was just, it was so crazy. That so is crazy. so strange. And then because it's so awkward, like having one sitting in the middle, but trying to have a conversation and getting to know them and having a, someone listening, like sitting next to you, yes. listening to you and being like, yeah, just hearing that whole thing. And then I feel like I wouldn't show up as my like true authentic self because I'd be like, well, that their mate is also sitting here critiquing everything. And like, right. that's so awkward. It was so awkward. I will never forget that date. Oh my god, I couldn't even imagine. I had like not nowhere near as like bad as that. But I just remember I like went on a first date with somebody, and we um were going to this like like restaurant, and we were crossing the road, and it had like a uh like a you could sit along the front of it and like look outside. It had all big open windows, and he's like, "Oh my mm. god, there's my mate!" And we go up and like say hello. I'm like, "That's fine," and then he's like oh like there was two spare seats next to him it's like oh let's go sit with him and I was like he's like do you care I'm like well I can't say yeah let's not anyway because he was also on like a date it had been like I think it was his ex-girlfriend he was there with his ex-girlfriend like they were in like an awkward in between like you know yep um 
And then I had to sit there and I was, I remember they were just talking and he put me in the middle, same thing, put me in the oh middle and God. she was in the and we were both Weird. like, what the fuck is going on? And they were talking to each other and I remember I was sitting there and I was like, if the, like, if he does not stop and start talking to me and make this our day, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. Like I did not come here mm. to get, come on a date with your friends and get to know your mates. Um, but anyway, it ended up being all right. And we ended up like, we kind of both just me and her because and also we're sitting so close together like it's like bar stools we're sitting so close together so we end up me and her just kind of like turning our backs and we were just like doing our thing but then they were listening like oh my god like are they on our first date like trying to listen to our conversations or like what was going on i was just like what is going like get me out of here that's so weird it was so so weird. weird it was really weird but yeah i don't know weird shit happens on first dates weird shit Mm. happens it's just like Obviously, you're meeting strangers and, like, you don't know what it's going to be like and people get awkward and they just do things that you wouldn't normally do, like. Or talk about really weird things. Yeah, I don't know if I've had anyone talk about something too weird. Have you? I'm guessing you have. So I had this one guy, he, he kept talking about, like, your ex, okay, Maybe say one thing if you Mm -hmm. have to say something about your ex, but continuous things about your ex. I'm like, I don't really care to hear about this. There's this one guy that was talking about all of his ex's body types, the sex they had, the sex toys they used. And I was like, I do not want to know about any of like this, especially on a first date. Like if I'm like about to date you, like I guess you can tell me some intimate things about your past, but not on a first date you're... The body types, I was like, this is so inappropriate. And I felt I felt like he was just like, the way he thought about females, I just, it was just like a, not a good vibe red that flag. I was getting from him. Major red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- Did not go on any more dates with him. Yeah. Very much seems like he was like objectifying them. Um, right. That's the perfect word. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I have had people talk about exes. I love the... I don't want to talk about my ex, but, or like, I don't like talking about exes, but I'm like, well, you right. clearly do. You clearly do yep. because you keep bringing up, like, I'm not saying anything. You're telling me you, you keep not wanting to talk about them, but you keep bringing them up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Do you have, I guess, any other advice for those who are like dating currently, wanting to get in dating or yeah, trying to find that person, I guess. Hmm. Oh boy, I could list so many things. I think really figuring out what you want. Like if you want a short-term thing, you know, just be honest with whomever you're going out with. If you're on a dating app, Um, I think too, like if you are looking for your forever partner, saying yes to things. So meaning if you don't normally go to, you know, this birthday party that's every single year or this event that you're like, oh, I only know a couple people there and I won't, I won't know many people, but you never know who else you're going to meet there. Also sharing with your circle, your friends, whomever, your family, hey, I'm looking for a partner. If you know anyone that would be, you know, a good match for me, like definitely keep me in mind. And really being able to tell people, hey, like this is what I'm looking for. Just be really open to opportunities and, like I said, saying yes to things, uh, putting yourself in different situations. And also um, something that I've learned over the years of podcasting is try to make a routine. So meaning go to 
if you go to a coffee shop every single Thursday or maybe every single day, you'll probably see people repetitively that go at the same time, the same day as you. And then maybe, you know, you could, you could always find a connection. They're like, Oh, Hey, I always see you here. And really just being, and sometimes I think that's terrifying for people is to really like literally go up to someone and start talking to them. But like, you could literally talk about pretty much anything. Like even sometimes I talk to people at the grocery store, like, Oh, is like, they pick something up out of the aisle and they're like, Oh, is that good? Like literally just be open and also don't be staring at your phone. If you're single and you're trying to meet people, Mm -hmm. do not be staring at your phone at the restaurant. Like always have your head up, you know, like a cute little smile. Just look like approachable. That's like perfect word. Look approachable. Um, and just, I think feel confident. And I know that that might be something that's really hard for people, but If you showcase that you're confident and that, you know, you're kind of looking around, you you feel approachable, people will come up to you. They will be able to pick up on that energy. Yeah, definitely. And like, they didn't have dating apps back in the day. People had to talk to each other. And as scary as it is, it is, it were just people. You know, it's not it's not that yeah. bad. Everyone can be I mean, sure there's gonna be some people who are gonna be awkward or it's not the best response. Right. But the majority will be fine. And like everybody, I feel like it might not be everybody, but I find like the majority, they want to meet somebody in real life. They don't want to meet somebody off a dating app. They want that cute story right. that they did meet at the supermarket or they did meet at right. this or that. They don't want the I met them off Tinder. You know what I mean? Right. Like everybody wants totally. that, but everybody's too scared to actually put themselves out there and have a conversation. And I love the um, building a routine. And I think just like, yeah, I think the routine thing is genius. I learned that. I was like, that's a good one. And just like, I would just say when you do start dating someone or you're going on dates and it's going well, like talk about, and this might be a hot take, but I think talk about the things that like, you're you're wanting like I think kids is a big one if you don't want kids if someone else wants kids like figure out the big barriers because you don't want to waste your time on someone that doesn't have the same values that doesn't have the same beliefs or wants or goals and then you can kind of just be like okay well this is clearly not going to work and it's just one step closer to finding your person Mm. and I think a lot of people have a lot of fears to show up as a true authentic self and say what they actually want, whether that's like the relationship yeah. dyna- dynamic. Like I know I have a lot of conversations around like non-monogamy, um, like kids, things like mm-hmm. that. Where do you want to live? Are you always going to be here? What are you going to do with your career? Yes. This and that. Like people hold on to this. I just want a partner, especially if you've been single for a really long time. And if you've got somebody mm-hmm. in front of you where it's like, oh, we're connecting. Everything feels great. I'm attracted to them. Our values line this and that. But if there is that big thing that is going to be an issue later on, but you're just, I guess, ignoring or putting to the side, you're like, it's fine. Maybe it won't be an issue. Or maybe they'll change their mind or this right. and that. I find, yeah, you're kind of setting yourself up for some heartbreak into the future. It might work. But it also, mm. like, you're better off having these bigger conversations. And also when you get that gut feeling of oh, maybe this isn't going to work, I feel like listening mm. to it because I feel like whenever we get those gut feelings, they always then, you know, they end up being right, at least for me. Yes, 100%. Always listen to your gut. And 
I think that if you're questioning if someone likes you, you shouldn't have to question it. If it's natural, if it's easy, if you have no questions, it's like, that's probably your person. If you're like constantly like, why isn't he texting me back? Does he like me? Is he out with someone else? Like, if you've got that question in the back of your mind constantly, it's probably a no. Yeah. And that's one thing that I learned with my current boyfriend. I had never had somebody be so forward with how they were feeling who would plan the next date before I'd even left or when I was leaving like I don't think in that Mm. first month there was a single time where I was wondering will I see him again I knew when I was seeing like seeing him again I'd never had that before I love that too when someone makes a date and you don't even have to like worry about it it's like if you are begging to see someone or they're not making a plan and they're not reaching out to you and like it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a nice balance between both parties, I think. And just like, you know, you pick a date, I pick a date. Like, mm. just just having that balance, I think, is just so, so important. And when when a guy makes a date, damn, oh, I'm like, so hell hot. yeah, let's go. It's so <laughs> hot. And like, I think I might have said that to like my current boyfriend at the start. Like, I love somebody who takes initiative and can be mm-hmm. like a bit more dominant in their energy in this part. And so I don't think I had to organize a date for like the first five or something. I was just like, I could just sit back. It was always a surprise, which I love surprises. And I was just like, it was perfect. And like now, like I I take initiative now, obviously, but it was just nice. It was just so different. It was very different. And that's probably a tip that I have for anybody. Go outside your type. Push yourself to try something different. And like, honestly, when I was talking with my girlfriends the other day, we were like, all of our boyfriends or all of our partners are somebody that we didn't necessarily, we wouldn't have necessarily chosen on paper. Go out of your comfort zone too. Like try something new, like in the bedroom too. But like, I think, like you said, don't always go after the guy that you is like your normal type. Like try a new guy, whether that be like, maybe you usually go for jocks and someone that plays sports. Like, go for the freaking bookworm he's probably gonna treat you like a queen yeah and I heard something once it's like they're not your type it's just your habit or something and I was like I love that we need to be breaking habits because often you know we put this is my type I have to meet that but sometimes it's not the best for you like it's just what you know Mm. you don't know any difference yeah yeah I love that yeah now I would love to know what is something that is orgasmic to you anything at all I'm like a huge sucker for like really nice biceps I also love a good bicep like I could literally look at a man that had nice biceps and like get turned on Mm -hmm. yep I love that my body part would be chest like I love a big I didn't even know it was something I needed well not needed but liked a big chest on a man Mm -hmm. but then also like being interested in women I also will appreciate that on a woman too so I feel like chest is like my my thing I love that yeah I love that now where can my listeners the shaggers find you your content your coaching all of that good stuff yes You can find me at My Naked Mindset on all of your social media. I'm on TikTok, Instagram probably the most, um, Facebook, 
and on Spotify or anywhere anywhere where you find your podcasts and music, you can find my podcast on there. And you can also check out my website. Um, that's definitely linked in all of my socials. And you can find my uh, coaching on there as well. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about all of this today. Honestly, dating is one of my favorite topics. Um, so thank you for yeah joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a blast. <gasps> <laughs>